Hello there, and welcome to our uh, our first podcast. Uh, the name of our podcast is Drunk Valorant, or Drunk Val for short. And um, th- we are three people who play Valorant. We are, and we are three people, guys. Yes, we are three people. Indeed. And we want to talk about it. So, uh, my name is Cass. Um, welcome to our podcast. Over here, we got. Uh, I'm joined here by Chase and Hunter, and I'm going to give them a chance to introduce themselves. Yeah, uh, my name's Chase, and uh, I play a little bit of Valorant sometimes. Not too much, but you know, when I get a chance, I like to. Very cool. Uh, I'm Hunter. Uh, I'm sort of the granddad of the group because I got both of these fools into Valorant initially. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to discussing stuff with you guys. Okay, so uh, before we get much farther here, really quick, um, Chase, do you mind going into which agents you play and which one you'd say you main? Yeah, definitely. I play a variety of agents, kind of just filling mostly. So I'd say I main Sova. That's probably who I play the most uh, out of anyone. But I also play a lot of Brimstone and then a bit of Breach, depending on the map. So yeah, those would Sounds be good. my agent pool. And uh, Hunter? What uh, what characters do you play or agents? Yeah, so as you guys know, I'm a very sad Yoru main, uh, waiting for the uh, buff, uh, checking every patch notes, hoping something will happen. Uh, but when I'm not playing Yoru, it's sort of map dependent. But I play Killjoy, Sage, Omen, uh, occasionally like Jet or Reina, But those are probably my three: Sage, Omen, uh, Yoru. Alrighty, um, yeah. I am Cass, what do you mostly do? I'm mostly a Jet main, uh, but I will play Omen from time to time. Uh, depending on whether we need some smokes or not. Yeah, Cass is a bit of a one-trick, so... Yeah. Yep. Okay, so, uh, just a bit more background information. We are currently silver ELO players, so none of us are very good. We suck. Um, <laughs> and that is going to play into some of our opinions, most likely. Because uh, I'd assume that once you get better at the game, your opinion on characters might change. So that being just, said, though, um, we all do watch some competitive Val, so we do have some opinions that aren't just based on our uh, silver ELO. Yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd say we play the game a lot, right? But yeah, see, we play. I mean, there was a time I played every day. I don't. I'm pretty busy, so I don't play every day anymore. But like, we played every day for a while, and so we we know a lot about the game, despite our terrible aim. Um, <laughs> I feel like we have valid opinions, and that's why we're starting up this podcast. So. Yeah. All righty. So yeah, generally speaking, that's what the podcast is about. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about what we think of the current state of agents in the game. Uh, just going over each agent briefly, uh, what they're, what we think they bring to the table, and whether we think that they're a bit overtuned or that they could use some work to uh, bring them back into the meta. Um, but before we get to that, real quick question. What are you guys sipping on? Yeah, yeah. So the I mean, this is a namesake of the podcast, right? So we have to be a little bit tipsy for the mm-hmm. for the show. Uh, today, I'm drinking a little bit of Knob Creek Kentucky bourbon. So got Very a little nice. glass Very of that nice. in front of me. Hunter, what do you have to bring to the table? I got some uh, Hibiki. I hope I'm saying that right. It's a Japanese whiskey. I actually got it for free. Crazy story behind that one, but it's quite good. Very nice. Um, I have a black currant and lemon sour by Fieldhouse Brewing. Uh, and then when that is done, I'll be switching over to a backcountry sour called I'm Not Even Supposed to Be Here Today. <laughs> I love the yeah. names. I love the names of backcountry. Um, so that, that, is, that is what I'll be drinking today. 
And with that, I would like to welcome all you guys to our talk about the current state of agents in the game. Uh, we're going to be going by category, so we're going to start off with the initiators, and then the sentinels, followed by the controllers, and then lastly, we're going to talk about the duelists. Uh, so first up in the initiator category, uh, we're going to start with Sky here. Yeah, okay, so, well, what do you guys got on Sky? Because, I mean, I don't play much Sky. I've maybe, like, selected the agent and unrated, like, once. So, I mean, I've, obviously, <laughs> I play a lot against Sky. I can't see her often, but, you know, uh, <laughs> it's... Like, I don't play a lot. So do you guys have more opinions? Well, there's kind um, yeah, of a meme kinda... where every time a new character comes out, I get excited about it and try to main it. And it's all a question of how long that lasts. And Sky, that lasted for, like, three games. I just don't enjoy playing as Sky. Uh, but it's really great to have a good Sky on the team. And I think she definitely needs to be reworked a little bit. Because, as I know some of us have discussed off the podcast... Uh, she just is too good of a duelist right now, in addition to being able to have those more, like, initiator skills. Basically, it's her flash. Her flash is just too strong at the moment. At least that's what I think, but I'd be curious to hear you guys' opinions. Well, I mean, so it I, just got a bit of a nerf, too. Yeah, somewhat. I mean, the idea was it was supposed to be harder to for her to peek off her own flashes. Um, again, I don't play her, so I can't specifically say whether or not that did a ton, but, like, I think the idea behind the nerf was to make her more such that, like, she flashes for her team. Um, but again, because none of us play her, it's hard to say whether she can still reliably flash for herself. Um, I actually will get back to Sky when we talk about Phoenix, uh, because I've got a bit of a comparison there. But sure, basically, sure. I'd say I always welcome a Sky on my team. Absolutely. Well, Sky's just, she's so good right now, and the problem is, I think, with Sky that she just does too much. Right? Like, there's no other agent where you're going to get flashes, heals, and information. Exactly. Like, and good amount of all of that. She has incredible mm -hmm. flashes. One of, like, her flash gives you information. She has the dog, which concusses and gives you a ton of information. It's basically like a mini Sova drone. And then, like, she has heals, too. Like, it's insane. It, it's taking up so many roles that she could be played as a sentinel, an initiator, or a duelist, honestly. Yeah, I, I, totally I do agree. feel that she brings a lot to the table and at the current moment is incredibly strong. Um, okay, speaking about really strong agents, uh, next up on the list is Sova, who Chase here claims to main. <laughs> so what are your opinions on the character? Yeah, no, Sova's great how he is, and uh, there should be no nerfs. Definitely nothing to do with Sova. Uh, he's actually, I think, a little bit, you know, underpowered, and we could, like, we could buff him a bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm I'm thinking maybe uh, on his ult he gets uh, double the number of death beams. Uh, I think that. Yeah, would be I think I was thinking like if I could res with my ult. <laughs> In addition, know, still you still hit your team. Well, no, no. Course, I, yeah, I think yeah. I think that might be a bit overtuned, but I think if you hit your team with an ult, they should just go back to full health plus shields. I agree. Maybe I, maybe I light agree. shields if we want to make it balanced. Okay, okay. Um, so that, that's enough of that. <laughs> what, what, obviously, Sova's a damn good character. Yeah. Like, you need Sova on a lot of team comps. Like, yeah. he's... The information is unrivaled. I right. agree. I mean, like, we, yeah. haven't, we haven't seen any of Fracture in pro play yet, but the general consensus is pretty much the only map you don't take a Sova on is Split. Um, which... And it's just because there's, like... There's no really great lineups on split. Like, there's a lot of angles that your, you know, recon 
is not going to cover. And right. Like, I, I it's think it's that very is easy to problem. dodge a lot of stuff like Sova stuff on split. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I play Breach on split, so I don't even bother with the Sova. Yeah, I think a lot yeah. of people would do that. I would agree with that of, sentiment. Sort of swap, um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think Sova currently suffers, uh, as far as balance goes, from like a similar issue that Jet has, which is their E ability, uh, the one that they get for free every round, is really strong, and that's kind of what makes the character. Yeah. And so I think it's in a hard position for you to try and deal with that without gutting the character entirely. Um, and I, I think that's kind of one of the issues that they're looking at. And similar to, the, to Jet, they tried to nerf the other abilities, increase the cooldown, um, and like just increase the price on them. Like his drone, I believe, is what, 400 credits? Is that right? Yeah, his drone's expensive now. Yeah. Um, yeah, his really ult went up ability. by one point a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh oh that oh yeah, the alt. That's right. Yeah, they did increase the alt the alt cost. But at the end of the day, his like I think his E, uh or his E ability, the recon dart, is the strongest part of his kit. And that's what like every agent is kind of based around their E ability for the most part. And that's kind of what makes that agent that agent. So I think it's I think they're in a really awkward position where they gave him a really, really strong E, and it's kind of hard to tune around that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, could we tune down the E and so, like, the recon in some way? Can you make the recon worse? It's already, like, very shootable, right? So, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're all silver. At our rank, we get a lot more pings than you would at higher ELO ranks. For sure. Um, because people just don't have the flick and the aim to take care of it, especially if you put it in a good spot. But... Like, at higher levels, it's still a good ability. Like, it tells you someone's there, but you're not going to get the same amount of, like, ping info as you would at our rank. Yeah, but, like, the yeah. part, of, part of the problem with the ability... Not problem, but part of the reason why the ability is so strong is that if someone shoots the dart, first of all, you know they're there, and second of all, if they don't have a suppressed weapon from a long distance, you have a rough idea of where they are specifically just based on the gunshot going off. So, like, even even if you, like, increased the delay between the dart landing and it sending out ping so that it was easier to shoot, like, you still get a lot of good info from it. Yeah, I yeah. think perhaps, like, and, like, I, I was trying to think about this, and I think perhaps, like, you could potentially reduce the range that it pings, which would perhaps reduce his, or reduce his viability on certain sites or certain just, areas. It just where it fucks to. lineups, too. Right, right. And then people might have to go in and figure out new lineups. But as soon as people find new lineups, it's like, unless you make it really small, for the most part, you can clear so many different areas of site with it. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, my opinion on Sova is that maybe don't touch his kid at all, besides, of course, little tweaks like they've been doing, and then just keep adding more agents that uh, can do the same thing. Uh, or at least similar parts of what he can do. Like, for example, when Sky came out, like, what a lot of people said was, you know, like, with her info getting from her flashes, she can sort of, perhaps people not use Sova as much and then go to Sky instead. And the issue is that, first of all, Sky is too strong, as we discussed, and second of all, like, people are frequently running Sky and Sova because they're both so good. So I feel like if they keep adding more agents that overlap with that info-gathering ability uh, but have different strengths and weaknesses, then that might be the best way to handle it uh, so that, you know, there's a meaningful choice there. Yeah, right. and we didn't talk about the drone at all. 
Like the drone, I think, is widely known as one of his best abilities. Yeah, it's true. Um, just because it gathers so much info. Is right. there something that you think we could do to the drone or that Riot could do to the drone to make it, like, to nerf it a little bit? Well, because, okay, one of the things is, like, Sova does have one of the more expensive kits in the game. Um, and I think that is, in a way, like, kind of a nerf, but given, given like, the rest of his kit, like, his E is free, the drone is incredibly valuable, so... With the exception of pistol round, you're probably gonna want to buy that. Um, so, I, like, I, I think part of the, are pretty cheap. They're too, yeah. They're I well, I I think part of the issue is because his shock darts aren't like as strong as the rest of his kit. Oftentimes, if you don't have the the amount of money to buy up everything, you just forgo the shock darts. That's true. That's true. Well, it, well isn't that with most characters? You you have the kind of thing that you don't. Well, by, I was going to say, like, yes, uh, like, as a jet main, I do kind of feel like I'm lacking something when I don't have either a smoke or an updraft. Like, I would like to have at least one of each at a minimum. Um, and so, like, I, in that sense, there's kind of like a trade-off. Whereas, like, if I don't have enough money to buy both of them, it's kind of frustrating. Uh, but again, neither of Jet's abilities cost anywhere near the 400 credit value as Sova's drone. Right. True. And I think like Sova's a... drone brings so much more to the table than his shock darts do that, like, it's really easy, or mentally it's a lot easier to forgo the shock darts. Yeah, could they reduce the, like, viewing range somewhat like a, like the wolf on Sky? Well, one thing I that... It... Yeah, the, my thought on that is that Riot has seemed to want to very clearly differentiate the agents. So I, th I think maybe a, a nerf that they'd be willing to do would be to reduce how far the drone goes out, like how long you have to control it before it vanishes, rather than reduce mm. the vision range, because like Sky's dog is differentiated from the drone by the fact that it does have a limited vision range. But like some sort of okay. nerf there would make some sense. Mm -hmm. But all right, I guess just like, yeah, final thoughts on Sova here is like, again, a character that I'm for the most part, never upset about seeing on my team. Like, when Great, someone locks I'm, in a Sova... I'm often on your, on your team, so... <laughs> right. Good. But, like, in, in general, when someone walks in a Sova, I'm like, that's great. They're bringing something to the team, right? Like, Cass had to say that to be able there, to sleep safely at night. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not going out there, you're not getting a ton of kills, that's fine. You're providing us a lot of info for our team. And so I always yeah. welcome a Sova on our team. Okay, that's a lot on Sova. Let's move on yeah. to the next. I okay, agree. so uh, next up on the list, we got Breach. Um... Oh, more my, more of me. <laughs> yeah, I don't play any. I don't play any breach, but I think the general consensus is that breach doesn't get picked very often. He Why doesn't. is that? Well, I think the biggest reason has to be that there was a there was a brief breach heyday, and that was when uh, both Sky and Breach were considered weak, and so Sky and Breach both got three flashes uh, that did not recharge for either. And in that time, both of them all of a sudden became much more popular because you could really flash spam, and that was extremely effective. But I think it's hilarious that uh, what they decided to do is just like take away a flash from Bre Breach, which was a huge nerf, because that was one of the strongest parts of his kit, and then give Sky recharging flashes so that she can flash like four or five times around if the round goes on long enough. So, so I think that's the biggest reason why Breach peaked and then dipped, because the two flashes, uh, you know, it's a big nerf for him. It's just that Sky is way better, right? Yeah. So yeah. 
I mean, I play Breach and I don't play Sky. So there's a reason that I do that. But I just, I like the stun ability. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not oh, like his E. Yeah. He, like his E and his ult, like both can cuss. And mm-hmm. I feel like his kit is as much about the concussion as it is about the flashes. Right. And no, I, I'd say the concuss is a lot stronger at Arlilo because you're less likely to get one tapped. Right, because you're still fully accurate on the first shot. Right. Well, well I, I actually am going to disagree with that a little bit and say that uh, even in the professional, even in like the highest levels of play, the thing with the concuss is that it slows your movement speed down so far and forces you to unscope if you have an op. So like if you get concussed, likely your first thought is getting to cover because if you stick around to take a shot, you're probably going to get traded. Yeah, that is true, but I'm saying, like, there are definitely situations where, like, where you're kind of stuck out in no man's land, and you're just like, well, sure. I'm fucked, I might as well, I might as well have to go for the shot here, and, yeah, when you don't have an, an op, like, yeah, you you can still get your first shot off, right? And you I can think force it, that op off the angle, which is very That is nice. true, that is true. Right. But yeah, like, like at, I see a lot of times in pro play where someone gets concussed in a bad spot, and then they don't get a kill out of it, just because, you know, you have the vision effect on your screen, too, so. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's it's bad in general. I'm just saying that I think you get more value out of it at our Elo than you know potentially you would at the highest Elo. Yeah, I, uh, sure. Just sure. based off people's raw aim. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't disagree with that. Just feels so good to ult like a full rush of a site. Oh yeah. You know, like <laughs> I play on split a lot, so uh, when you ult B Garage on split and they're f- like five rushing garage it's incredible because you just peek that and it's five free kills oh yeah mm-hmm. especially if you got cast there with the jet to try to you know help you oh yeah to like kills. dash in Ooh, like, yeah yeah it it feels so good to like peek that corner and just see five people concussed standing in the open that oh, like yeah. i i crave that feeling which might be why i'm still holding on to the breach it's like i want that feeling every time of like i just did that that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's huge in like all kinds of scenarios. Particularly if someone is planting or if someone is diffusing, the ability to just say "nope," <laughs> get off that bomb. <laughs> like yeah. I mean, that is strong. It's I would I would say it's in the top half of alts in the game. And of course, like people have been saying that he's a lot better on fracture. I haven't been able to play fracture a lot, um, but specifically his aftershock. <laughs> yeah. Every- everyone's been dodging it but specifically the aftershock uh the ability to get rid of that um the killjoy ult underneath what's that called is that just tunnel uh yeah, yeah sewers tunnel, I think. sewers tunnel yeah yeah so the killjoy ult under there is insane uh yeah, if there's no the agent to deal site. with it yeah but to be able to deal with that with like a not ult ability mm-hmm. that's huge is crazy. I, I, I did hear that they patched out the ability for you to stand directly on top of it and shoot like straight down um, which I kind of liked that in the game, just because, like, if you are going to do that, you literally have to stand in the middle of sight, like, with no cover. And so I thought that was kind of interesting how, like, you could basically choose to forfeit your life in an attempt to take out that ult. Um, but no, that, like, that's kind of an aside just relating to Killjoy. Like, I, I do agree the fact that his, like, one of his abilities that isn't an ult can take out the, um, the Killjoy lockdown is very strong. Like yeah. I've been playing Sova on Fracture, but maybe I should try out the Breach just to see if he's a lot better on Fracture mm-hmm. than he is on other maps. 
Yeah, I feel like Breach... I will say, though... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Hunter. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that I feel like Fracture, it really rewards aggressive agents because, you know, I feel like taking sites is so much easier on Fracture because of the multiple attacks, so there's a lot of retake scenarios. So, like, yeah, I feel like agents who specialize in that raw aggression like Breach do really well. That's why I play Yoru on Fracture, similar Mm -hmm. reason. Yeah, so I will say one of... Like one of like the downsides to uh to breach that I think is he can't always flash. Like if you look at any other character, any other character can kind of flash at will. And breach needs his flash to go through something. And I think that's really relevant in the meta, especially regarding Viper. How any other agent can flash through Viper's wall to try to get their team out past it onto site. Um but Breach can't do that. That's yeah, or like an astral, same kind of thing. Oh yeah, like astral, same thing, right? Like when a wall goes up, any other flash agent in the game can flash through that wall, and for the most part, can get, if you know how to space it properly or time it right, you can get a really good pop flash right through that. That like the second it crosses that wall, it it flashes everything. You can't do that with breach. Like you've got to find something to shoot your flash through. And if you do that, then you're most likely not flashing all of the angles. Right. And so I do think that is one of the shortcomings of Breach's kit. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But, I mean, Um, if we're talking about pop flashes, then uh, the next character is the one to talk about. (laughs) The last character (laughs) in the initiator category that we got to talk about here is Ko. Um, Ko has not seen a ton of play in, in, like, the pro meta. That being said, there was a team in one of the games that I was watching earlier um, that did pick KO. I believe it was in the V1 C9 game. I only saw the first couple rounds before I had to leave, uh, but I believe there was a KO picked up. Yeah, you're correct on that. I, I want to say it was uh, V1 who played them, but I could be wrong. Okay, so I'm going to say that I think KO has really nasty flashes. And especially if you've played CS, I think you can make a lot of really good uses out of his flashes because they behave in almost the exact same way. And personally, I find KO really frustrating to play against. Um, Like, especially if if I'm standing out in the open because I believe I can dash out of an engagement if I need to, and then I get KO knifed, a lot of the times I'm fucked. Yep. Yeah, I find them really frustrating to play against. But it's, I, you know, that's just my opinion. I think the problem with KO is that his knife does not give a ton of utility. Like, there are very circumstantial, like, times where, like you said, you're standing in the open as Jad or on an off angle. You get KO knife, you can't get out of the angle. Or, mm. I mean, you have your ult out. The KO knife fucks you over completely. Oh, yeah. I mean, same thing. Like, KO knife can completely cock raise his ult. It's For just sure. like that. In, like, you, you pop your ult, you get hit by the knife, like, you've just wasted eight ult points. Yeah, and I just, I just looked it up to make sure we were cor- I was correct. I was actually slightly wrong. So it was Cloud Nine Blue who played KO on both Breeze and Icebox against uh, V One, and they and okay. Cloud Nine Blue two owed them. So they used it well okay. there. The K- you're saying the KO worked? Yeah, the KO worked at least today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, I, like, I, I just think there's a lot of scenarios where the knife is not getting a lot of utility. Like you can still push the knife. Like there are a lot of agents that like, can still get onto site without utility. I mean, that's every agent. 
Um, yeah, every agent could walk. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it basically yeah. just forces you. It forces you into gunfights instead of using your abilities. Um, yeah, so just aim better. Yeah, but I will say one of the things about um, about the KO knife is, like, again, let, let's take your B garage scenario, right? If you throw a knife into B garage and tag all five people, that just gives your team full map control. Like True. free range push all the way up A, free range to push all the way up mid. You know nobody can be there because you just tagged all five people. But again, uh, like at our ELO, it's more common to see five man pushes. Whereas at higher ELOs, people default a lot more. Somebody's lurking. Like you're not gonna get. It's very rare that you tag all five people with your knife and just gain that full map control. But the, but that being said, Cass, uh, one thing that you've talked about with me before is how. Uh, you know, even at the pro level, people tend to have tendencies. Like you don't typically mm -hmm. see a team mixing up hugely who's the lurker. Frequently, someone tends to lurk way more than anyone else. So, like, mm -hmm. if you if you see three people in B garage on split, then like you have a pretty good guess that if there's been someone lurking, then there's probably you know a cipher or a killjoy lurking A. And then there's probably someone in like ramen or look or making sure there's not a, a flank from mid. So like that mm -hmm. still gives you a ton of knowledge. And then if you have two people a, maybe there's two people go and push the lurker and then push mid. So like, it still is helpful for, for that respect. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, KO's an agent that I'd like to add to my, to my arsenal just cause like, I really enjoy the way his flashes work. Mm -hmm. Um, but I find that if I'm trying to flash for myself and I'm using the right click, so like the short range one, uh, I haven't quite figured out how I can use that for myself without risking flashing my team all the time. Um, which I like, I guess you get around by using the left click normal throw of the flash and flashing onto site or throwing it over something so that like you can't flash your team. Um, right, right. But uh, KO is an agent that I would like to see more in the meta. And oh, yeah. I think there's definitely some potential there. I think like, there could be a space for him in the meta for sure. It was like he he tried to be picked up by a bunch of pro teams, and mm -hmm. they've now reverted back and not really used him. Uh, but it's possible with, like, the recent buffs, like, making his flashes more like a true pop flash, um, that you could see him being picked up more. Yeah. I, I just think the main issue that KO has is, like, as an initiator, specifically one with flashes, you're competing against Sky. Well, actually, it's That's really interesting about. you bring that up, Cass, because if I look at mm -hmm. the, that v one Cloud9 Blue match from earlier, Cloud9 Blue didn't use a Sky in either Breeze or Icebox, both of which are maps that, from what I've seen, Sky is mm -hmm. pretty good. So they kind of put in a KO instead of a Sky there, uh, which is which could okay. be exactly I, what you're talking about, you know, people yeah, swapping out no, the Sky for Unfortunately, KO. I haven't seen those games yet. I, I do plan on watching them. Um, but that, no, that's interesting that you bring that up because, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see how that worked out. Yeah. Um, but okay. So th those are the four initiators that we currently have. And, uh, moving on to Sentinels here, we've got Killjoy, Cypher, and Sage. Um, and I think the general consensus is Killjoy and Cypher are more comparable to each other and Sage is just Sage. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it makes the most sense to mix the Killjoy and the Cipher conversation here. Talk about both of them at once, um, and then potentially try to figure out well because number one, uh, just 
if I were to go online and I, I did this earlier today and just look up uh, like a couple people's tier lists, um, most people place Killjoy above Cipher, mm-hmm. and I'd like to hear your opinions on why that is. I mean, Hunter, do you want to take this one first because you do play Killjoy? Sure. Um, I've never picked up either character, so. Yeah, yeah. I think my gut reaction for why uh, Killjoy is ranked higher than Cypher is because, first of all, they both have in common the ability to get a lot of information. Um, And first of all, KJ is much more proactive in getting that information because, like, you have to wait for someone to get to a Cypher tripwire before you know anything from that. Uh, Obviously, you can use your camera, but... Uh, you kind of have this dynamic of the Killjoy turret being able to do damage as well as spot, which is particularly useful on pistol rounds, or if you place it in a cheeky spot where, you know, someone has to whip to it while they're pushing a site and make themselves exposed. Um, and the fact that with a cypher cam, you know, if someone just, like, peeks the cypher cam real quick and shoots it or finds it before you get much value out of it, then, you know, it's done, whereas the Killjoy turret is kind of tanky and does that damage. And then, like, I think a big, even besides that, like, the biggest reason for it is that the for Killjoy over Cipher is that Killjoy's ult is just so darn good. Uh, it is useful on most maps. I would say not really so much Breeze because just the sights are so huge on Breeze. But even then, I've seen some people run Killjoy on Breeze at the pro level. Um, and Cipher's ult is situationally good, but it sometimes can even kind of backfire. Where like if someone Cipher ults. If I hear the, where is everyone hiding? Or I think that might be the ally cipher voice line. Whatever the voice line is, uh, I'll often like run to a position to make it look like I'm going somewhere that I'm not and to like bait them out with it. Because it's that single ping. Uh, it just sometimes doesn't really get you very much. Mm-hmm. The, the single ping on the cipher ult is bad. Yeah. yeah I, think I, it needs I definitely be... think it needs a bit more than a single ping. I've heard the best uh, theory that I've heard or uh, suggestion would be that it holds their position for an amount of time so that you can at least see what direction they're moving in yeah, for I a second. Agree. So maybe maybe it's like half a second to a second where you can fully see where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, that would greatly improve the cipher. I, I'd be slightly worried just because of certain areas that you can wallbang. Um if it completely shows you for like a half second, that's plenty of time to line up a shot. Uh, whereas currently it just pings and it gives your location, but like as soon as that ping goes off, you can move. Um, so I, I, I'd just be slightly worried about if it holds for that long. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think it could potentially just like net you a ton of free kills off just like your team being able to wall bang certain areas. I, have, uh, I had an idea ping, just now. I'll go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. I was saying it could also ping like a Soba drone. Yeah, I think that would be a better option, right? It pings once, twice, maybe three times. Three might be a bit long, but like I think it pinging twice might be a good mix. And like, yeah, you get and like I think that has a lot to do with what Hunter was saying. Is like you can just kind of fake that you're running a certain direction, and obviously the cipher knows or like the other team knows that you could just be faking running in that given direction. Um. But I think if it pings twice, like, at the very least, you're wasting a lot more time on the round that they have. Yeah, one one idea I had just now about how that could be improved, that uh, Cypher ult with the ping, 
Uh, and this kind of comes back to what I said earlier when it comes to the fact that Riot has been very clear that they really value differentiating the agent's kits. So I kind of think that they would steer away from making the Cypher ult a lot like a Sova ping from a, from a drone. What if, and I'm not sure which of these would be best, I think combined they would be way too much. What if when you get when you reveal people with the the Sova of Cipher old, you can see either what abilities they still have that they haven't used or their health. What do you guys think of that? I think the only problem with that is like, especially at the higher levels, like you can count um, how many or like you can count the abilities that go out, right? Like, you can count how many smokes has Jet thrown, how many, like, has she used her dash yet or not? Um, like, how many stars has Ash reused? Like, you know if Viper's wall is out or not. So I don't think that brings a ton of, like, value to the table. And then as far as health goes, like, in theory, if you get into a gunfight with someone and you lose that gunfight, like, you call out to your team how much you hit them for. But you and don't always yes. lose the gunfight, and neither do they. There are a lot of situations where... They could be low health, and you don't know. Mm, okay, that is true. Yeah, especially if there's that. been some wall banging in play. Like, if you know, okay, I sure. shot at someone as they're going behind a corner. I don't really know if I hit them or for how much. Mm-hmm. And um, then with I, the abilities, I, I like with the abilities, I would push back a little on what you were saying, Cass, because like yeah. if you if you think about this, right? Suppose you're on defense on a site and you're and you're cipher. Like the team uh, initially pushes one site, and of course, there's a lot of comms going on. People aren't so much from what I've seen of like leaked, not leaked, but like released comms from games. They're not so much calling out every single utility usage. So like it would be huge if then the team is rotating and you throw your Cypher ult. If there's a Viper on the other team and they're going to get to site first and plant, it would be huge to know if she has zero, one, or two snake bites because that would hugely affect mm-hmm. how you approach, you know, diffusing the bomb. Uh, and that's not something you would necessarily have actually been able to keep track of in the middle of the push if she had shot a snake bite on CT during the push or, or mm-hmm. not. Like, maybe someone would remember, but in the heat of the moment, I could see that very easily be being useful information. Okay. Uh, that's true. Uh, one okay. of the things that I was thinking of, though, is, like, when you get tagged by Cypher's cam, right, you have to actively pull out the dart. Yeah. What if that just became a part of his ult? And that's where I would say the same thing. I really doubt Riot will do that just because they try to make things so different. But, I mean, I think that would make it stronger. It's part of the same character's kit. Like, it's not like we're we're stealing something from Sova. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I kind of forgot. Yeah, right. I'm dumb. It it is still part of his kit. And it makes it so that, like, when you're ulted, or, like, when Cypher ults, everybody on their team just has to pull out that dart to stop the pen. I kind of like that, actually. I kind of really like that. Okay, so to recap just a little mm-hmm. bit, I think that uh, Hunter's couple ideas with the utility and with the health, I think the health is more useful than the utility, so it would be a bigger buff to Cypher to show how much health they all had versus how much utility they had left. But I do like, I still think it would be a bit of a buff to see the utility. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it might just be too much information. I was thinking the same thing, particularly if it stays on screen for the same time. Like, if you do a cipher ult with three people alive, are you going to be able to comprehend like what right. abilities too, three people too have? Small, like, yeah, you're not going to be able to figure it out. I mean, I'm sure somebody can. People have mm-hmm. photographic memories and shit, but um, <laughs> not me. I do really like the fact that like you would have to pull out the dart. I, mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I think that that gives it. 
I mean, it gives a lot of different playable situations because, I mean, you can you can bait it and not pull out the dart, as like if you get ulted, right? That's already a strategy that happens um, when people get pinged by the cam mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but it also like if it stops them from pushing, they have to pull the dart out, or you get multiple pings. Yeah. Okay, so I think I think basically what we're coming down to here is. The issue with Cypher is his alt does not bring as much to the table as Killjoy does, and Killjoy's alt is, I think we can all agree, one of the strongest alts in the game. Oh, yeah. Killjoy's alt is sick. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Yeah, Killjoy's okay. great. She's she's good. Mm-hmm. Move on. Okay, so really quick, is there anything that you you would say that, like, anything else that puts Killjoy above Cypher, or is it mostly just down to whose alt's a lot stronger? And the turret. Well, okay. yeah, I mean, I would, information that's damage dealing. I would mm-hmm. also argue that um, if you look at Killjoy's kit, Alarm Bot plus Nanos, I think is also in many cases stronger than uh, Tripwires plus Cipher Cages. Uh, oh yeah, actually, I'd, I'd yeah. agree with that too. And we've already yeah. discussed this for a while, so maybe that's something to bring yeah. up again some other right. podcast. But I think that's another mm-hmm. part of it as well. Okay. So last in the Sentinels category, we've got Sage. Now, at least in my mind, I typically put Sage in a slightly different category. Like, yes, she works to stall pushes, but I see her as not a replacement for either Cypher or Killjoy. Yeah, I would so, agree. I, I, agree. I guess, I like, think... where do you where do you guys see Sage in the meta? Because if you look up the the win rates of different agents, like. Sage has one of the better win rates in the game. Yeah. Sage is good. Rez is good. I like being alive <laughs> twice. Yeah. <laughs> Rez is good. Yeah, I would I would yeah. say that the Sage wall on some sites is one of the best pieces of single pieces of utility in the entire game. I mean, especially on mm-hmm. Icebox, like I would say Split and Icebox are probably the two maps that come to mind as like you kind of need a sage or if you don't you're going to have to play very differently because it, there's one offense and defense wall on both that are just very established in the meta as being great that on ice walks uh, ice box on defense it's that wall and tube and kitchen if you mm-hmm. put it it just delays the push so much if they're going to push there because they have to break the whole thing yeah. and then on offense it's walling off for the uh basically default plan at this point behind the boxes on b site and then on mm-hmm. split, it's the same kind of dynamic. Walling mid is huge because if the offensive team takes mid, basically you lose the game in many cases. Mid control often decides the map on split. And then mm-hmm. on attack on B site, walling off right outside of garage just gives your team so much ability to get onto site without having to take the duel with the people in heaven. Yeah, yeah, I okay. agree. Those Sage two maps, good. Sage is good. Sage, <laughs> yeah. is great. Sage is great. Okay, yeah. cool. Sage so that yield. finishes up the Sentinels here. Um, moving on to the controllers, we've got Astra, Omen, Viper, and Brim. Um, and I know Chase plays a bit of Brim here, but... Yeah, yeah. arguably off, the worst of the controllers. Yeah, okay, well, starting off again with Astra and Omen, I feel like, again, the, those two share a similar role, typically. You play one of those two, with the exception of a couple maps in which, generally speaking, you kind of have to pick a Viper. Um, but between Astra and Omen, Astra sees a lot more pro play. Right. What? 
I, I, I guess the question here is, and like I, I play a decent amount of Omen, and I know Hunter does as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the real question here is, what needs to be done to either of their kits to bring them, hopefully, more in line? Okay, here's what I think. I think that Riot should not specifically be designing characters for pro play only. Mm-hmm. Now, Astra gets yeah. a lot of utility in pro play because she heavily relies on team communication. Yes. And she's really, really good when your communication is high because there's so many different like setups you can do with Astra that assist your entire team. For sure. Uh, but you need to have your team talking and to know when when to pop what utility where. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Omen does not have that. Mm-hmm. He can play a lot more for himself. And I yep. think that's really valuable in ranked play, just standard ranked. Um, you don't see as much Astra, especially at our ELO. Like, oh, yeah, silver, no, like, nobody plays yeah, Astra. nobody sure, plays Astra. Yeah. I'm sure up in higher ranks, like, people play a lot more Astra um, because people are talking. But there are games in our <laughs> ELO where you're the only one on mic. I'll be giving yeah. callouts all game, and nobody else will be talking. Yeah. The best is when people only come on mic to complain. Like, they give no callouts, <laughs> and then they just yell at other people for not having their back or something. And then just go right back to not communicating. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, but I think that Omen's a lot more valuable in ranked play, like lower level uh, particularly, um, because he doesn't rely on all of that communication. Yeah. And so you can see Omen a lot more there than you do Astra. Yep. I mean, I, I will say, like, when I first started playing this game, I saw Omen and I was like, I want to play that guy. He looks cool as fuck. <laughs> so he was the first character I unlocked yeah. and was the first character I really started to main. I only switched over to Jet because I really like Omen. Um, but one thing that, and like I know that there have been some proposed Omen buffs, and like just to clarify, there that any if he sticks his alt, people get paranoid. Um, and then is that the only one? Uh, paranoia doesn't one. flash teammates. Was oh yeah, paranoia right. doesn't flash teammates. Yeah. Okay. More so I, I, I think yeah, I think that one's a quality life change. But what I would like to see with Omen is I want his smokes. To just stay where I put them instead of falling. I I think having a one ways on demand would actually create a decision to play Omen over Astra. Um, Astra has global smokes. So long as there's a star there, they pop basically immediately. And like I know it does take some setup to throw your star down if you haven't already done so. But Astra having global smokes and the fact that they pop really quickly is a leg up that she has on Omen. Yeah. And I would like to see Omen bring something new to the table that no other smoke agent has. And lorically, as well as just the visual animation and game, I don't think it'd be a big stretch to just have his smoke stay wherever he throws them. Like, I think that would work out totally fine. Um, I don't know if that'd be too strong or not, but that's what I'd like to see. Because currently in pro play, he's just completely outshined by Astra. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, he he has basically the way you throw the smokes. He's the only one who could even do that with the current UI, and mm-hmm. I think it would you know really bring balance uh, to making him much more viable. I like that. I just I go back to the why are we putting everything for pro play? Obviously, we want to see the agents that we play the most played by the pros because you. They're the best, but 
like, why do you pick like Cass and Hunter? Why do you pick uh, Omen over Astra? Obviously, there's a reason for you and why you do it in your ranked games. So yeah. um, there I has mean, to be Astra's, a benefit there. Astra's a bitch to play. I like playing Omen. I think he looks cool as fuck. That's why I play him. Y- yeah, well, you go ahead, Cass. Go ahead. Uh, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm aware of the argument that, yes, we don't, we shouldn't necessarily balance the game only for pro play. Uh, I fully agree with that sentiment. I am never going to reach that upper echelon. Well, most likely, but I think it's fair to say I'm never going to reach that upper echelon, and I don't think either you two have plans on doing so either. Tony's going to so, talking... <laughs> Wait, wait till <laughs> we get about, to this point. Yeah, right, talk, <laughs> talking about getting um, like every character up to viability for pro play, I, I understand how we're saying isn't necessarily Riot's goal or our mental thoughts. Um, I I just think that I would like to see from time to time a team have to struggle with, okay, do we want an Astra or do we want an Omen? And currently I think a lot of the times it's just like, well, we're going to, we're going to take Astra. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I like that, that what you, I agree with what you said, Cass. I want to go back to what Chase said about the, the whole not balancing things for uh, pro play. And mm-hmm. I totally agree. That's why I don't think Astra should necessarily get a nerf, even though she's quite strong in pro play. But I think the one way idea, the idea that Omen Smokes stay wherever they uh, should, wherever you put them, I don't think that's necessarily balancing for pro play because I think most people beyond the absolute lowest levels, like, you know, there are people in Iron who don't know what a one way is, but I think there are a lot of people in Silver who do, uh, where we are. And I think that that would be a benefit that a lot of people would enjoy, not just at the, at the pros. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, to an extent, like I don't know that buffing Omen with that would mean that much would change in terms of the pick rates because he's still distinct from Viper and mm-hmm. like Astra isn't really played at the lower levels anyway. So I don't necessarily yeah. worry too much about, Oh, well, Omens would be OP with that change in the lower ranks, particularly because people, it does take some skill to throw one way, so people aren't necessarily yeah, you do, you do have the to best. Get the, you do have to get the height right. What do you think like about that, Chase? Okay, I, I could definitely see that. And, of course, if Omen could one-way everything, I would want him on my team, and I would not want to play against him. <laughs> Fair. So, um, I guess, like, that would be a huge buff to Omen, and I think, yeah, possibly. But I still think he sees quite a bit of pick in the lower elos. Oh, no. In the lower elos, Omen is the default controller. Um, For sure. But, okay, so sticking with the topic of not balancing for pro play uh, versus the rest of us who just mere casuals play ranked, um, I'm going to skip over Viper here and just go straight to Brim. Because I think that despite, and I I think we, we all kind of agree Brim's kit's a bit weak. But I think one of the things that he actively brings to a table or to the table here is when you need somebody to fill, right? Everybody else is already locked in, and you're just like, ah, shit, we need smokes. <laughs> um, he's kind of the go-to, right? It's point, click, smokes come down. Very simple. His, his Molly blocks off um, like a choke point. Like, I think he is a very straightforward agent to play, and I think that that brings a lot of value to the table when you're when either somebody is forced to fill or you're going over, like if you get put into a just a ranked game, right? You're solo queuing. There's a decent chance that none of the five of you guys 
actually main smokes. And yeah. I think the brim does bring something to the table there. And so I don't know if you need, like, I, I feel like Brim's a character who isn't exactly designed to be balanced for pro play. And you're right, there's not a lot of intricacy to his kit, but I, I still think that there's some value there in having a very straightforward agent. Yeah, and okay, what I will so, say, oh, you, go ahead, Chase. I'll let you take this one first since you play Brim. No, no, please. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be talking about Brim for a while. So say what your point was. Well, yeah, I'll, I'm actually gonna be pretty quick. Uh, I think that one of the good things about Brim is that I would argue his alt is the strongest of any of the controllers. Omen and Astra's alts are not very strong. I think we can all agree on that. And then the Viper's pit is good, but the Brim's ability to deny diffuses plus counter uh, Killjoy's alt. And just, you know, other ults as well, if you have an idea of where someone is to force them out. I think Brim's ult is the best of the controllers. I I think you have an argument there between Viper and Brim, but Viper's ult can just be insane depending on map selection. Like, I'm going to say, like, Viper's ult can literally swing the tide of a round. And in fact, when Viper has her ult, a lot of teams play around that. It's like, hey, I got my Viper ult, let's go B, plant the spike, I'm going to ult it, and fuck the other team. Yeah, I think you could still make a case for the Brim ult being stronger. I mean, I suppose, but I'm saying, like, I, I think Viper's ult has the unique ability in the game, much like uh, like Reyna or potentially Jet, if you're really good, of completely turning the tide in a 1vx. Like, sure, a round sure. that if you didn't yeah. have your ult, you'd have no business winning. But the ult makes it possible. I would I would say as a counterpoint, though, in some scenarios, the Brim ult can do that as well, because... You know, if you if your whole team dies getting to, to site, but they get the spike plant off, and you're in a 1v2 or even a 1v3, you have a pretty reasonable chance of winning the round as Brim if you're in some place safe because you ult the spike when you think they're defusing. Hopefully you get a kill out of that, and then all of a sudden, time's ticking, and the other two people got to deal with the bomb. And you have a molly if you've got lineups, too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. If, you do know, if you do know, yeah, lineups, obviously, yeah, Brim's molly is a big thing. Um. Okay, so obviously I play a lot of Brim. Yeah. Um, I would say I kind of dual main between Sova and Brim. Uh, when I play with you guys, I play a lot more Sova because, I mean, one of you will probably be playing Omen. Someone else yeah. will be playing Smoke. So I, I go a lot of Sova. But when I solo queue, I mostly play Brim. Um, and I guess the reason why I play Brim, despite his kit being super weak, is I like to cast my utility and then not think about it. Like, so with all my characters, with Sova, with Breach, with Brim, there's not like, there's nothing I have to do later in the round. You know, like when I need my utility, I pop it and it's there. Mm -hmm. Um, And Brim, like his smokes, I pull it up. I can very quickly click on where I want the smoke to go and it'll be there. And then they last for fucking ever. So that's, that's pretty huge. Yeah, they um, two last a long ass time. So I mean, I I just think that the other controllers, they don't have such like the same play style where, um, it's just, you know, cast and then you're done. Then I can focus on where I'm playing, what angles I want to peek, all of that. Um, more on like the rest of the round, whereas a lot of other agents rely on, oh, I need to play back a little bit so that. I can still use my utility like once they're onto site or if I can't push up cause I'll die, but like my smoke still stays there. If I get picked off real quick and it still mm-hmm. stays there for a while, it'll help the rest of my team. So I think that that's a really good 
part about, about Brim's kit. But obviously the elephant in the room here is the goddamn Stim Beacon. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong, James. You're not wrong at all. Which is, I would argue, a nerf to anybody using it. Uh, I mean, okay, obviously there are exceptions when you're using certain guns. Um, but <laughs> LMGs. I, I think it's... Yeah, I, I think it's hilarious how, like, we're playing the game with our, our buddy Alex, and he was complaining about not being able to get uh, to get kills on people in short. So when he backed out of U-Haul, he immediately chucked a stim beacon on me. He's like, haha, fuck you, you're not getting any kills either. <laughs> it's just, just a meme. Like, the stim beacon does nothing. <laughs> yeah, It's just so useless. Like, it's basically, the, the most useful a stim beacon can be is the same thing as tossing your pistol. <laughs> yeah yeah right right that's a great way to it, put it right like i toss a stim beacon one way i peek the other way like and that's still pretty useless yeah yeah um i don't know there's potentially some value in hey four of us are gonna peek out like a short on bind and we're just gonna spray the living fuck out of anybody who we like come into contact with and potentially there's some value there. But, like, again, there are a bunch of Reynas who, when they're alted, really do not like the fact that their fire rate's increased because it fucks with the recoil control. And so I think, obviously, something needs to be done about that ability in particular. And I've heard some people come up with certain ideas, um, namely that, like, it's a like an injector stab thing. Like, you, you stab yourself with it or, like, you stab a teammate with it and then they have it for X amount of time. but I don't really like that idea, and I haven't seen anybody come up with something that I personally do think is a good idea. I, ju idea I just have one right isn't now. Isn't enough. Okay, okay. What do you think? What if, like, Stim Beacon works the exact same way as it does in terms of throwing it on the ground, and then you get the buff either while you're in it or for a certain amount of time after you leave it? But the way the buff works is it instead of modifying your reload speed or your fire rate you just don't actually use any bullets while you're stimmed. So any shot you take while you have the, the stim buff doesn't use a bullet from your mags. So essentially you have unlimited ammo temporarily while you have that going. I, I just think like lorically, how do you make that work? Yeah, that's true. That's true. The lore might like be... That, that's uh, the only thing is like the... Okay, what's the lore of increasing okay. your fire rate? Well, I'm, I'm just saying, obviously, there's a bit of a willing suspension of disbelief here that goes on in this game, right? Like, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a video game, Cass. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, Sky pulls literal birds out of her ass and just, like, has them as flashes. Yeah, she has right? jellyfish okay, not... that go track people down. Yeah. It's not even underwater. <laughs> I'm not saying this game needs to be, like based around physics and shit i'm just saying that i th this is one of the few things that i think potentially they might have a qualm against adding to the game because it could potentially take away more from the immersion aspect than some of the other abilities do i, just, I think that that i like it obviously as someone who plays brim a lot mm-hmm <laughs> I mean, Odin would be ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> that is already true. A hundred bullets per mag. I mean, I feel like the Odin already fills its role. How often do you yeah. have to reload that thing? Um, I mean, imagine getting almost to the end and then throwing a stim beacon and immediately having a reload. 
I that mean, would be kind of sure. cool. I mean, as someone who likes the use the Odin. I guess it would provide value if you're spamming a smoke, say, with, like, a phantom. Well, yeah, even, so even if you're on like, attack, right? If you're on attack and you're pushing a site, it's like a three- or five-man push. You chuck the stim beacon out for your team. Now you don't have to worry about, you know, taking a duel and then having to reload if you end up using a lot of bullets for it. Like, you know that first duel is not a problem for your you in terms of reload. Yeah. And I, I also do think, especially at our level, people have a really bad habit of reloading after every kill. Yeah. Like, I'm not immune to that myself. Um like I, I mentally try to stay away from doing that, but like, yeah. Oh, I don't have twenty-five bullets in my mag if I'm using a vandal. Oh, I don't have thirty. Better reload. And so, mm. like, I, I think it would offer some value there. Um, I don't think it'd be a broken change. I'm just considered, or I'm just, you know. Yeah, I, okay. I, I can Riot see it having a issues. lot of use in very unique circumstances, and that yeah. is kind of what you want for an ability. Like, yep. it's not overpowered. I yeah. I would have to see how it's used in-game, because I feel like there might be some way that that could be broken, but I can't think of it right now. That is true. Okay, so moving on from Brim here, got our last controller, Viper. Uh, Viper is obviously really popular in the meta right now. Um, pretty much a guaranteed pick on Breeze and Icebox. And... I personally am totally okay with where Viper sits in the meta right now. Um, but what are your opinions on that? Yeah, I, I I would agree. I think that Viper has some of the most uh, interesting utility to play with on your team and then to play against as well. Like, some of the most interesting scenarios in, like, pro play that I've watched or that I've experienced have been when a team is deciding how to retake a site where there's a Viper's pit on it. Do you like send several people into the Viper's pit right away to try to kill the Viper quickly? Like how much utility do you commit like shock darts and stuff? Or do you try to like flank around all sides and try to catch some people who are peeking out? I just think it's really, really cool. Yeah. I think that I like where Viper is. However, I think that she suffers from a similar problem that sky does in the meta, uh, which we didn't actually talk about much when we, one over Sky, but basically, I think that they were both good characters when they were known as terrible characters, and so they both got huge buffs. Then people started playing them a lot. They got into the meta, and then they became those huge buffs were way too much. So now that they've been they've been nerfed slightly since then, but still, I feel like Viper specifically could be reverted back to what she was um, a couple patches ago and would still be very good and in the meta. Yeah, and I think part of the problem with that was um, Breeze wasn't a map back then. True. And yeah. Viper's wall is, like, a, like part of the problem with, like, with using other controllers on Breeze is the sites are so wide open. There's so many really long sight lines. Like, and, like, again, as someone who almost exclusively plays Jet, and then occasionally Omen. If if I'm in a ranked game and somebody else locks Jet, like I'm going to pick Omen because that's the only other character I'm comfortable with. But I find that Omen smokes don't provide a lot of utility on that map. Yeah. Uh, and even like to a certain extent, Icebox too. Like on on Icebox, like I have smokes that I throw, 
Um, and I, I will say, if I'm playing defense on B site, there's a really, really strong one way. But Viper brings the ability to cut a site in half. And that's something no other controller has. With yeah. the exception of Astra's ult, but that's an ult. So, And it really doesn't last a long time. Yeah, and one key difference between Astra's ult and Viper's wall, uh, besides the obvious one of the Viper, the Astra ult being, you know, infinite to the sky and blocking bullets and all that, mm -hmm. but I wanted to touch on this because Chase was talking about reverting Viper. I think one Viper change that is kind of necessary that should not be reverted at all is the fact of the instant chunk of decay from pushing a viper orb or a viper wall now we can discuss how much it should be it was 50 when they first buffed her and that was clearly too much so they scaled it back to 30 which i think personally i think that's a pretty reasonable spot but the issue with like launch viper was that her utility is very static her wall can't be moved once it's placed and the orb you have to physically walk over to pick it up uh, and so there just wasn't enough punishment for that significant of an investment for people pushing through her utility. Because realistically speaking, if there's no instant decay, you just are not going to sit around in a Viper orb or even less in a Viper wall to have any sort of punishment whatsoever. Uh, so I think that part, I'd be curious to see if you guys agree, but I think that part needs to remain at least to an extent. Oh, no, I, I, I agree with that. Um, the only thing that I would potentially change about Viper's kit is the way in which snakebite works. Um, okay. I, I think the only, the only kind of thing at hand here is Viper's really strong in the post-plant. Yeah. Like, the post-plant meta was developed around having a Viper who can drop an orb and then know a lineup for two snakebites, right? Like, you tap spike, uh, the Viper shoots a snakebite. I mean, if you, if you know where she's throwing it from or shooting that snake bite from you could push her if you're last alive like in a 1v1 scenario like do you really have time to push her take that duel win that duel and then go back and defuse spike like that just takes so long probably not yeah yeah I, I think her having two of them is really strong the fact that um they uh they make you vulnerable as well is really strong um i don't know like i i, I don't necessarily have a good solution here but I, I, I like the way Viper's Wall works. I like the way her orb works. Her her alt is really strong, but I don't really have a problem with that. It's mostly just, uh, if anything, I'd change perhaps the way her snake bite works. What if she just had one instead of two? What if you kept it the same, but then she only had one snake bite? She released like that, right? Uh, yes, but also snake bite was nerfed. It didn't have the vulnerability debuff on it at that point. Yeah. I mean, I... Uh, I can see that being a valid option. Um, I don't I play Viper. I, I feel like that'd be a fine change, and I still think Viper would get a good amount of play. I agree. Um, like, like I said, she's pretty much a guaranteed pick on Icebox and Breeze. It'd be like a Brim Molly kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like one of fun. them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so finishing off the controllers here and moving on to the, the meteor topic. Potentially. Good shit. On nah, this is oh, what you boy. came for. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. So talking about the duelists here, um, I'm actually going to save both Jet and Yoru, who I think the general consensus is they're on the the upper echelon and the bottom echelon of uh, the duelists here. I'm pretty so sure we'll, they're both we'll upper echelon. Uh, to be clear, of course you'd say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> S tier Yoru, right? Oh yes, S plus um, we'll, for we'll Yoru. Get, we'll, 
we'll, we'll get back to either of those. Um, let's kick it off with Rays. Boom, boom. I don't play Rays. Mm-hmm. Things go boom. Rays um, like to blow shit up. Um, yeah. Where is Rays from? Rays is from Brazil. Uh, Brazil. Uh, Brazil starts with a B, so does Bomb. <laughs> Oh uh, my goodness! So does Black it's all Pack. coming together. What? And no way. Bazook. Yeah. So I really dig the alliteration on Ray. She doesn't get a lot of play. <laughs> if, we're, if we're going serious, she's getting less and less play in the meta. But yeah. uh, that's just I think because the jet meta is so strong right now that mm-hmm. Ray's even with like the movement mechanic, it's just not jet. Yeah. And uh, you know, even though. Tens likes to play the raise on split if you're about to lose a large tournament. Um, <laughs> yeah, split and bind are kind of the raise maps at this point, and even then yeah. she's not always picked. Okay, so getting into her kit. Uh, blast packs are cool. I don't know how to use them. I suck with them. Um, but they're cool. Uh, obviously, her her boom bot uh, was nerfed recently. Uh, personally, I'm a fan of that. Thank God for um, that nerf. <laughs> I do think it was one of the stronger abilities in the game. And. Oh, yeah, Boombot's good. I, the boom, yeah, the Boombot's nice. And, like, especially if you know the exact, like, lineup, like, I can basically clear all of Hookah for you. Um, That's the only one I know. I'm sure there are others. There's probably a ton of other angles. Yeah, there's you... probably a bunch of other angles. We need to get Oliver in here. He can tell him. He can tell us all of them. Um, grenade. I Eight shells. Yeah, as someone who doesn't play rays and only ever plays against raises, um, I think the exact mechanics of her paint shell are kind of frustrating. Like, this might just be a me not knowing things very well. But, like, I don't know how much the initial damage does. I don't know how much each shell does. And I find that a lot of times I think I'm not going to get hit by the shell. And then I end up getting hit by the shell and dying. Um, I, think I don't know if that's why. I, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think the base shell is pretty strong, especially at low elo. Just yeah. because yeah. you can't move. Right. Well. Like, I. Uh... <laughs> I know. I, I I would like there to be visual indicator is probably not the best way to put it, but like, I I guess I'm saying I'd, I'd like to know exactly what the range is, um, so that like I know whether I'm safe or not from that. Uh, that's about well, it. I like where Ray's is in the meta. Yeah. I like how where she is as a character. I, I feel like the only reason she's not getting playtime right now is because of Jet, and if that was different raises a damn good duelist yeah yeah i and i think to elaborate on that the, the the fact of the matter is when you're picking duelists most teams don't run uh well re- realistically most teams run a jet on most maps and then you need flashes in addition to that and raise yeah. doesn't provide the flashes so do you really go two duelists neither of whom have flashes because then that kind of forces that forces the sky pick, which happens anyway, but then, you know, if your sky dies and you have zero flashes, like, that's really not a good situation to be in. So, yeah, I'm just kind of piggybacking off of what you guys were saying. I agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, race is race. Is race. Uh, moving on to Reyna here. Mm-hmm. I think Reyna still sees some amount of pro play. Mostly, I mean, at least off the top of my head, the only ones I can think of are um, 
Penn's playing Reyna on Icebox, and Asuna occasionally playing Reyna. Uh, at least more recently, we've seen Nitro playing Jet, and then and then Asuna on Reyna for uh, for Breeze particularly. Um, but yeah, what, what what are you guys' opinions on Reyna? Yeah, just to back up what you were saying, I just was looking through the games from today, and it looks like, and this kind of confirms what I was thinking already, uh, Split and uh, Icebox tend to be the maps where people go for Arena. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've seen. I think Reyna gets a lot of utility when there's close angles, um, because you can get that kill and then dismiss to out of a sight line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she doesn't get a lot of utility on, like, like long long angles yeah or open sites such as breeze um, right just because you can't like there's not a lot of places you can get out of there too like the dismiss is the main feature i think of reina of she can take a duel and get out similar to kind of how how jet works but in reina's case you have to get a kill to do it yeah and like obviously reina is known as smurfer's paradise like you <laughs> you pick reina you if you're if you're going to Smurf, like Reyna's kind of the the go to character. Um, yeah, and along with that, I really like the nerf where you only get two charges of your dismiss and heal unless yeah. you're ulting. I think that really helped to prevent the pub stomp stomping uh, Reyna right. Smurfs, and it does. It's not really that big of a nerf for uh, the comp scene, like pro scene. I mean, and people were actually talking about how it could be a buff because um, now you only need to get an assist to get an orb. Right, I forgot about that just it now. Yeah, it doesn't rely on you getting the last bullet on. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, like I, I think Rain is in a good spot, and again, kind of suffers from the whole, you know, jet thing, and people at least now are mostly going one in uh, one duelist. Or at least at our, I, I feel like at our level, people typically go two duelists, but yeah. I feel like yeah. going one duelist in pro play is almost entirely dependent on you playing Sky, uh, because you know Sky just entries really well. Yeah. If you, I, I don't think right. I don't think people go single duelist and don't have a Sky. Uh, but okay. the issue is everyone so, has a Sky, <laughs> so it's kind of irrelevant. Okay, so getting on to to Phoenix here, um, and uh, I will say Phoenix is the character that I wanted to come back to when we're first uh, talking about Sky, and. I will say that people always say Phoenix is a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Uh, Brings a bunch of different things to the table, but does none of them the best. And I'd just like to draw reference to Sky here, who kind of does a similar thing, but also does a lot of them the best. Yeah. Yeah. Arguably the the best flasher in the game. uh, Is one of two characters that can heal the rest of your team, although Phoenix can heal himself. Um, and provides a fuck ton of info, which typically was reserved for either Sova or Cypher. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I will say that, yep, yeah, Phoenix's general kit is not that great. His ult is obviously really strong. Um, and I was, I was, earlier today I was thinking about potential buffs for Phoenix, and the only ones that really came to mind were things related to his ult, which, like, is already really strong. So, like, I don't think that's that relevant. Um, I'm kind of at a loss to do with, with at a loss of what to do with Phoenix here. Yeah. I think that Phoenix is. I I like a lot of his kit. Mm-hmm. I do. Like the curveball is cool. 
Mm-hmm. The fact that his wall and Molly heal himself are cool because they're dual purpose. It's not like he has right. an ability that just heals. Uh-huh. Um, you can choose to use that to heal yourself after taking a duel and getting damaged, or you can use that um, to block off an angle or, you know, yeah. molly someone off of a site, something like that. I just Sometimes think that it just both. doesn't do them best. The problem is that the wall and the molly, I mean, both are worse than Viper's exact counterparts. Yeah. Um, you like you don't take much damage from them, right? The yeah. heal is only for yourself, which is fine in the case of a duelist. You're supposed to be playing for yourself uh, in that role. Uh, and then the flash sucks. Like yep. the flash is so short. Even though, like, it has a very cool mechanic, and I like the pop flash meta where you can like throw it pop against it the wall. It. Yeah. You bounce it off a wall and it pops behind you as soon as you're peeking. Or like right after you peek. Right. I think that that's really cool. Um, but it's so short that when someone gets flash, it's just probably the worst flash in the game. Yeah. And like it does not have a lot of, you know, other uses besides exclusively flashing for yourself. Yeah. And it's yeah, also very easy to flash people. for your team. I mean, sorry, it's easy to flash your team, is what I meant to say. Uh, when mm, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's um, one of the biggest level. memes. You know how often, especially in low elo, you get yeah. Phoenix flashed by your own <laughs> Phoenix. Um, I will say, I think the fact that his wall does literally zero damage to people pushing through was kind of dumb. Um, obviously, Phoenix is capable of flashing through his wall himself, which is nice. But I feel what it does, I think, five a tick. And you push through it immediately, you take five damage, like big whoop. Um, I think at the very least, it should do enough to the point where a phantom one shots to the head. Like at the very least. So it should do ten damage. I, I yeah, at least I think I think that's a, a change that needs to happen. Um, and then I like I, I think his wall needs to last longer. I think his molly needs to last longer, and I think his flak needs to linger a bit longer. In terms of like how long the other teams flash for, yeah, I think I think one of the biggest issues with Phoenix is that kind of touching on things you guys have said here that he has sort of an identity crisis that the strongest agents in the game all play around their E using their E to set up opportunities, and uh-huh. the fact of the matter with Phoenix is that he it's almost like his E is his flashes because it's be it'd be pretty rare for a Phoenix unless they just get one tapped immediately to end around with without having used a flash, but it's not that uncommon if a Phoenix doesn't take a lot of damage for them just to still have their molly in their pocket at the end of the round, even though, of course, there's no reason not to use it since it's free. And so I kind of agree with what you're saying about the wall of more damage, but I also think the molly should have more damage as well, particularly because you have the choice of do I save this for a heal or not. Uh, And it's the shortest lasting molly in the game also. So I think the Phoenix wall and molly should be like, yeah, push me if you want to get really really damaged uh-huh. and i mean it's sort it's sort of uh changing the role then if you want to get really really damaged that's why you have a viper who's a controller right well While phoenix is a duelist i'm going to push back on that for two reasons one is that the mo- i'm suggesting not increasing the duration of the wall and the molly and both of them currently have a very short duration 
And then the key differentiator with the Viper Wall, in addition to the fact that it's so short in terms of how long it lasts, is that the damage from a Phoenix Wall is permanent. Whereas, like, a Viper Wall, you know, if you push through a Viper Wall and get a kill and then are able to escape, you know, you heal back right, right back up as soon as the Decay fades. Whereas with the Phoenix Wall, if you, you know, suppose you took like 15 per tick or something, and you take 60 damage pushing through the wall, and then you get a kill, well, now you're still heavy dinked afterwards. Even And then the wall disappears. Yeah, I agree with that. And I like I like Cass's idea of at least doing 10 damage per tick. Yeah, yeah. Or at least on the first tick, because that at least changes TTK with a Phantom. For yeah. sure. Um, I, I will say, though, as an aside, or like I guess as like a, a thing that Phoenix has going for him, is... As a pure entry, I think he is one of the better entries in the game. For right? sure. Assuming you've got your full kit, you throw your wall out. You can you can curve your wall, which again is something neither Viper nor Astra can do. True. Like you you have the ability to choose exactly how your wall goes. Um, you throw your wall out. You can block off multiple lines of sight. You can flash out. You can push in, especially if you've got your alt. You can really push in. You can throw a molly to block off a choke point for a bit of time or force somebody off an angle. Um, I, I do think as a pure entry, Phoenix is one of the best entries in the game, but again, suffers from the fact that you got to compete with Jet. Um, so on that note... And Sky, because, yeah, oh, yeah, if I can yeah, just I say really that. quickly, the okay. thing is that the choice between Phoenix and Jet is maybe not necessarily how teams think about it, because... Jet doesn't have flashes and Phoenix does. And you need a flasher on your team in, in most cases. Yeah. So I think I think it's a combination of Jet and Sky taking away Phoenix's mm-hmm. pick rate. Yeah, and also I will say that seeing Sick play Phoenix on Haven is also awesome. Yeah, um, it is sick. But, yeah. <laughs> okay, Mo- moving on to Jet here, which yeah, is the character that I main. Um, now, I will say, me included, the community is not as, you know, receptive to nerfs as they are to buffs. People would rather have the agent they main get buffed and potentially a lot stronger rather than the agent they main get nerfed and get a lot weaker. Um, and I, I sit in that exact boat. <laughs> Just when kidding. It comes to <laughs> I like playing Jet the way she is. I understand that she's very strong. Um, but the way that I see it is, and Jet has received several nerfs since launch. Yep. Uh, they changed the way her alt works. Um, I wish I was better at Jet's alt prior to nerf, because I've seen clips of, you know, like Korean Jet running around just right-clicking five people in a row, and it looks really cool. Uh, can't do that anymore. Hey, you've seen me do that. Uh, <laughs> I have seen you do that. It looks really cool. I didn't play Jet back then. Or, I mean, I guess I did play Jet back then. I, I wasn't good with Jet's alt back then. Um, the... Uh, the updrafts and the smokes I'm a big fan of, right? I like the ability to take off angles. I like the ability to throw a temporary one way somewhere. I like the ability to use it to cover my escape if I need to. I think Jet's kit's great to the point where somebody on Reddit posed the question if you could pick any character's abilities in the entire game to create a new character by, for example, you want, um, Rain is dismissed with um, Sky's flashes and Killjoy's turret. Just a random example, right? Yep. You could have that. What would you take? And my answer was, I would take Jet's kit. 
I want her smokes, I want her updraft, and I want her dash. Now, isn't that a problem? That is exactly what I'm getting into here. Right? <laughs> Jet is clearly, clearly very strong. Um, and as I, being someone who mains the character, and I understand that she's very strong, one of the things that Shazam talked about, uh, which I agree with as someone who doesn't want Jet to get nerfed to the ground, um, is potentially operator buffs. Because obviously Jet is <laughs> as OP as she is because she's really good with the operator. And Shazam's argument was, if you put the operator in a place where other characters can more readily use it, a Jet try-peaking angles just isn't as viable. And Jet does not have flashes. So... Yes, that is potentially another buff to Jet, but I think that's a huge buff to every other character in the game. And that's something that I'd potentially like to see tried out in-game before we get really heavy-handed and start breaking apart Jet's kit, because I have a lot of fun playing her. Okay, so, I mean, basically what you're saying is that the op, like, if you buff the op, because the op is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, terrible. Unless you're Jet. Uh -huh. um, it would be a much bigger buff to everybody else than it would be to Jet, and therefore would equal the playing field of opping. Lightly, yes. Obviously, Jet However, still would be a stronger is, We You just talked about how Jet would still be a stronger opper. It would be a buff to that, and you don't want any other utility in the game. You want only all of Jet's utility. So... There is obviously not just the fact that she's opping that makes Jet too overpowered in the current meta. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that her combination of utility somehow makes it so that she's the best character in the game. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to piggyback on what Cass said to say that while Jet opping is very strong, Jet is also incredible on attack where you're rarely buying an op. I mean, just the ability to you know, quickly smoke to block off angles to get out of a gunfight that you don't win immediately or that there's another person there that's trying to trade you. Like, it's not it's not like people say, oh, well, you know, we suffer through Jet on attack on our team just so that we can have Jet op on defense. Like, Jet is very yeah. strong with a rifle as well. Yeah, and, like, I, I think, again, we get back to the same issue that Sova has in which the E, like, the E is the crux of the issue here. Yeah. For her E ability, her dash... Like, that specific mechanic is incredibly strong. Mm -hmm. And, but how do you change that without completely ruining the way in which Jet plays? Like, as someone who plays Jet. Um, and, like, there's I've heard... There's been so many. Ideas. Yeah, there's been so many ideas. But yeah. a lot of it get at the identity of the character, which, mm -hmm. if, like, if you change something too much, the character's going to feel clunky, or you're just going to get rid of the the identity of what Jet is. Yeah. So I don't know what the right solution is. If someone has ideas here, um, happy to hear them. Well, I don't have a solution at all, but uh, this is kind of a tangent, but uh, what if for April Fool's Day in 2022, they revert for like a day or so uh, back to the, like, <laughs> the launch patch of the game? <laughs> Just remove all the agents that were released since then. 
And then uh, Cass can play his uh, launch day jet that he's been uh, Would like to play yearning for jet. so much. Sorry, Ka- sorry, um, uh, Chase. That didn't really connect to what you were yeah. saying at all. I just had that <laughs> idea suddenly. No, okay. But so I don't. I don't know is the answer to what you were saying. I don't really know what there, the solution there, is. There are two suggestions that I've heard regarding Jetsy. Number one is she can only dash in the direction she's looking at, which a Riot dev has specifically come out and say that number one for low elos that make Jet feel clunky. And for higher elos, it would make no difference because you just flick to where you want to dash and then immediately hit your dash button. Yeah, I hate uh, that which idea. Yeah. Most people have on their mouse anyway, so that doesn't really that doesn't really do anything to nerf it at high elos, and it just makes Jet feel clunky at low elos. The second one I've heard is Jet has to charge her dash. Like I like this one slightly e, more. If you hold E for a bit of time, you go full distance. If you just tap E, you go less distance. And while, yes, I think that might make a bit of a difference, I feel like if I'm, like, specifically when I have an op and I'm holding next to a wall or something, like, the tap E gets me behind that wall anyway. Um, And then on offense, if I need to charge it to dash onto site to get the full distance, I can charge it and dash onto site, hopefully. Uh, I don't know how that would play out if they put it into the game, but it, it currently seems like all the changes they're trying to make are make the rest of her kit more expensive um and things like that and yeah well okay you talk about current changes what about this quote-unquote bug that was just in the game (laughs) that they didn't want to hot patch out but then they ended up hot patching out yeah okay uh i was actually and too difficult to hot patch it out right away I, i i well irony might not be the right word but it seems like they got to it just in time for the lcqs um but I would say that those were fine. I think those are fine jet nerfs, right? Makes it a bit harder on offense for jet to dash into sight, like smoke and dash on. Um, you can't immediately pull your gun out. It got me killed a couple times when that was in the game. Cause <laughs> I, I watched you get killed a couple times yeah. because of um, that. <laughs> I think that was a fine, fine nerf, right? I, I, I think that worked out totally fine. Um, I personally don't like the increased cost to the updraft, specifically because of pistol round. I can't buy frenzy smoke updraft. Um, but outside of that, eh, whatever. The fifty credit difference is not huge. Um, but yeah, no, I, I will say I do think that change to her dash mechanic was totally fine and fair. Like, I feel I like it's a, a fair nerf, but it doesn't solve the problem. That's the root of the cause, like or the root of the issue, is that yeah, like it's a fair nerf, but still you can get out of it. You can you're still the best opper. There's no one else that can use the op. Um, the only place where that's a nerf is really on attack, yeah. dashing into sight. Yeah. Well, okay. So, Sorry, just like as an aside, if you watch the LCQs for uh, EU, Liquid actually played double op on defense on several maps. In which Jet was neither of the two oppers. Yeah, Liquid's weird. Yeah, but just throwing that out there. But they um, won the game, and I feel like that kind of goes directly against what you were saying earlier from Shazam of the idea that yeah. buffing the op would be the nerf needed for Jet. Because I think the op can be useful if you're using it a certain way, the way it is yeah. without Jet. I mean, I will say, I like because I like opping, I do op a lot as Omen. And I will often die opping a Zoman because I can't fuck off. 
Well, how much of that is because instead of just moving okay, to the I side, really you pull out your smoke on my mouth because you think you could dash. Smoke, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that happens so much. That happens a lot. But as an aside, even not taking that into account, uh, I will say, like especially having played CS in the past and having often CS, the um, the the time it takes for you to cycle that vault and fire again is significantly longer. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, especially in Valorant, a game where agents can quickly take space can often be deadly, right? If I take an off shot, and let's say I do get the kill, but I can't completely smoke and dash off to get out of there, like, if a raise decides to blast pack up, like, they could be on top of me before I cycle that bolt. If a jet dashes in, they could be on top of me before I cycle that bolt. Yeah. Right? Obviously, it's related to characters that have movement abilities, but because those exist in the game, as an opper, you can get rushed down so fast in this game that it makes it significantly harder if you're not playing jet to op aggressively. And I think that that's... If that was changed in a balanced manner... To the point where you could, you would definitely see other agents picking up the op to to try and deny these dry peaks that people take. Okay, okay, I like I see it. I see how it could work, but I still think that one the the liquid example is a good example of how the op can be viable. Oh, sure. Um, for other characters, if it's played in the right manner. Um, and that's not saying I don't think the op needs a buff in some way, but I think that that definitely has to be coupled with a nerf to Jet somehow. Like, mm-hmm. how could you make Jet not the best with the op? That's true, because if the op is like, better... Because okay, the thing is, but... if the op is better, right, like, you still probably want your Jet opping. Like, I don't really see a scenario where you'd be like, oh, well, since other characters can op so well, we'd rather Jet do something else. Like, Jet is still really, really good at opping. Yeah, but take, take um, like, Scream, for again, for Liquid, who plays Jet, or Tense, incredible riflers. Right? Sure. If, if Shazam could play Sova and op to the same, or not even the same extent, but, like, 80% of what Jet could op at, or 70% of what Jet could op at, like, you could have tens on a rifle, providing a ton of value for your team. Like, that's just tens. That's not jet in sure, general. Sure. Sure. But, like, again, same thing with Scream. Uh, Leaf for C9, who plays, uh, who plays jet. Like, a-, a bunch of these people are really, really good riflers who potentially you might want to have also on a rifle. But you're still picking um, jet over yeah. Rays, over Phoenix, over... Over Reyna. Reyna. So yeah. that's that's the difference is why why are you picking Jet? I'm saying if other because Jet is currently the only character in the game who can use the op to the point in which you want it. Right? If you weren't required to pick a jet to have an op, maybe Reyna would get more viability, Rays would get more viability, Phoenix Yoru, other characters or like other duelists might get more viability in the meta. If the op wasn't so intrinsically tied to Jet. 
Okay. I mean, we can pick up this conversation again next week. Um, yeah. We're going to do a bit more talk about the state <laughs> yeah. of the weapons in the That's game. That's true. Sure this will all nicely. be rehashed. Yeah. This will all be rehashed next week. Um, so I think that it's about time to move on to our final agent. Yes, right, the, so the uh, best agent, agent in the we game. Here, we've got I, Yoru. Yeah. Now let's let our resident Yoru man <laughs> go into depth on that. Well, first of all, I want to start off by saying that I noticed earlier Chase was talking about agents that people don't pick over Jet, and he didn't mention Yoru because everyone picks Yoru over Jet because Yoru is superior to Jet. Uh, and I appreciated that uh, accuracy from Chase there. Definitely wasn't because he forgot about Yoru entirely. Yeah, yeah definitely not because Yoru <laughs> is not even an agent in the game in my mind. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to come out first with a hot take and say that I think people will look back on Yoru now the way people look back on Viper. The way we kind of started off by saying that like people didn't figure out how to play Viper. Uh, before, because she was considered weak. And then now that she's buffed, you're like, well, shit, like, you could go back to her previous state and she'd still be alright. And that doesn't, and Yoru is, like Viper, still needing some tweaks, and I have some ideas. So, one thing all three of us have discussed, and I think agreed upon, if I remember correctly, and something a lot of people have said as well, is that it makes a lot of sense to give him iframes when he goes into his uh, teleport. So, when you pop your E... Uh, from the moment you pop your E, you're invincible until you start coming out of the other side. So you can be immediately shot at the point of your orb where you're teleporting to, but from the minute you pop it, you're invincible for the duration until you start popping out the other side. Uh, but that leaves the question of uh, the second worst ability in the entire game, second to Brim's Stim Beacon, um, the uh, Yoru footsteps. I think it's arguable. It's arguable. <laughs> well, as our good friend Alex likes to say, uh, at least the Yoru footsteps don't mess up the aim of the entire team <laughs> if you throw the Stim Beacon on the team. <laughs> Uh, and I, yeah, I don't, it is arguable because I like playing Brim and just buying an Ares or an Odin and then going Burr at extremely high rates. So anyway, uh, but to bring it back to Yoru, uh, I had this idea just the other day that I'm excited about because the question is, what can you do with that other ability? And some people have suggested a, uh, a buff to the footsteps to make it so that it's more, more realistic sounds. Other people have suggested like switching it up entirely and going for a, uh, a deafen uh, ability to complement his flash. Uh, I have a different idea altogether, which is uh, built from my experience of playing Yoru. And my experience of playing Yoru is this, like you find a nice spot for a TP. And if you're playing Yoru well, what you do is you send the TP in, hopefully you're coordinated with your team. So you're not doing it after your team is pushed where it's not getting value or too far before your team is going to push so that, uh, you know, you're just by yourself. You coordinate it perfectly so that it's rolling, you flash, and you TP in. And then, typically, what happens in that case is if you set that up well, you're going to catch someone off guard, you might get a kill. But then, like, the next time you do it, they might be expecting it, they might be ready for it. And there are only so many realistic spots where a TP is good, aside from a somewhat slow to set up get-out-of-jail-free get card if you want to just, you know, traverse over an area without having to peek it. So this is my idea. Replace his footsteps with an ability where where you trigger it, wherever your teleport orb is, the audio effects and the visual effects of the teleport happen, but you don't go through. 
Uh, and instead of normally the effect is the portal opens and the Yoru comes through. So what happens when you press your, I guess it's your C ability. Yeah. Your C ability is the portal opens, the sound happens, but there's no Yoru in the portal. You're not displayed there. And, uh, then, uh, and, and you don't actually teleport. So that idea to me would open up so many interesting scenarios because, now you tell you do exactly what I said, where you take an aggressive teleport, it works out one round, or it doesn't either way. Then the next round, you send send that that uh, teleport there. You flash, you hit your fake button, and now all of a sudden that person is uh, has to account for the fact of you being there. So then, if you peek them from a, a complementary angle, now they're distracted by your teleport and they're flashed. They're in a very vulnerable position. Or if you send your teleport orb to a place where you don't expect the other team has someone looking at it, you hit your fake uh, teleport, and now, uh, as long as no one else on your team, uh, no one else on the enemy team sees you, they don't know if you're there at that teleport or not. So that's an additional angle for them to clear uh, while you're quite possibly somewhere else. Or they could think you're faking when you're actually not. So that's that's my idea for what to do with his C ability. What do you guys think of that? I like this. I think that, I mean, my favorite part about this is that it doesn't change the character that much. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because you have your fake with the footsteps that is just bad. Yeah. But this is still a fake, right? It's in the same vein as sending out those footsteps, except I could see it being a lot more useful in those scenarios of Mm -hmm. um, did he teleport or did he not teleport? Because you hear that now and you're like, oh, he's out of here. Yeah. Right? Like, there's no need to check that angle where yeah. he was. Right. Right? Because he, he's he gone. You know he's not there. Unless yeah. you've sent your t- TP directly in front of you and did that kind of like a fake omen TP. But <laughs> right, right. Dude, it would be... that. That's very, very rare. So, I kind of like it because it gives you that option. And then, I'm assuming in your um, in, in your idea that the teleport would still then be available for you to TP to. Oh, afterwards. absolutely. Yeah. So you could fake and then actually teleport if you wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the only thing that I will say that I have against it, I, I do really like the idea um, is that it does require you having your teleport to throw it out. For sure. Um, which I guess isn't too big of a problem. Cause I guess two of Raina's abilities are literally tied to her getting kills. That was exactly my thought process. Uh, I thought, is that okay, a problem? Now that I've played devil's advocate to my own argument. Yeah, no, I, I like that idea. I think it provides a bunch of value to Yoru that he didn't have before. I think it could be mm-hmm. coupled with a, uh, like maybe no expiration teleport. I see. Yeah, the expiration. Okay, so I guess to interesting. Yeah, take a step back. the The two thoughts that I had regarding Yoru was number one, iframes on cast, uh, which Hunter already covered. Yeah, and number two, I don't see the need to tie his teleporter to a timer, um, which I I would say potentially maybe we revert to Yoru needing kills again to get his TP back. I'm very okay with that. Tied to a timer. Um, but I, I would say that number one, that does two things. First of all, gives Yoru the ability to fuck off the same way that Jeff can. Um, number two, and like Reyna can also, like Reyna already has iframes. So I feel like giving Yoru also iframes isn't like a huge jump that like Riot doesn't want to make. 
because like they already exist in the game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I feel like yeah number one just having Yoru's TP of iframes and number two not having it associated with a timer provides a lot of value uh, to Yoru's kit and also that gives you a second character who can op and immediately reposition. Exactly. Which I yep. think is good for the meta. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that those would be the biggest change. I think regardless of the footsteps change to the fake teleport or whatever that wants to be. Um, I think that iframes and non-expiring teleport are would be huge buffs that would make him a lot more useful. Um, and then just yeah. to circle back on the footsteps thing, uh, I've also heard uh, having like a dummy walk forward. Like like kind of a phantom version of yourself, um, right, fake out right. an angle, and I think that that would also be very interesting. Um, but I mean, we don't have to discuss that at length. But I mm-hmm. think it could be cool to like you know bait out some shots, see if someone's holding an angle. If uh, yeah. if you just have instead of the just footsteps, it's an actual figure that looks like it's walking, but it just goes in a straight line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that would definitely be a huge upgrade over the footsteps, and if Riot really wants to go in the direction of, yeah, the C ability is to make, you know, to fake someone moving in a direction, that would help. The reason I kind of, where I kind of settled on the idea I had is because, the, the to me, playing Yoru, the most fun thing is teleporting. And, like, using that teleport, it's so unique uh, in terms of how it works, that building on that with the C ability feels really special but that being said i do agree that you know the walking figure would also be cool yeah i think that's cool i think yeah we've now touched every agent in the game what we're thinking on here um tier list coming in a future episode perhaps yeah uh basically episode number two we're going to be discussing the weapon balance but uh as for now thank you if you've tuned in um, be some, there's going to be some spice in the next episode. I guarantee you that. We do not agree. I think the general consensus is we've all got similar ideas on the agents where, as I know, at least me and Hunter particularly disagree quite a bit on the weapons. So <laughs> stay tuned for episode number two. Just, just get ready for my hot takes. We're, we're going <laughs> oh, in on the next episode. Oh, the, we- the weapons will yeah. so. oh, yeah. be fun. Um, yeah. But Definitely. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, it's been a great episode. Yeah, it was. Uh, well. Yeah. Hopefully you'll come back and listen to us again and talk some more shit, mm. regardless of whether we know what we're talking about or not. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>